Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. Jimmy Palumbo, your host here. Show number 101. Behind the glass, of course, we got your friend and mine, Gene Woodling. No, we have Chris Gooch. Anybody, someone just drove off the road. Uh, Gene Woodling was an old shitty Yankee. Always showed up in old timers days in the seventies. Uh, Chris Gucci behind the glass. Chris, what's happening here? Good to be back. I mean, I was here last week. I had a two week hiatus. Last week, of course. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, man. Super Bowl hangover. We're all done with yeah. the NFL season. All right, we're gonna get into all that stuff. Show number one on one. I gotta, you know, when I hear the number one on one. Funny thing is, we we do have a new uh, segment we do at the top now which is basically called Jimmy shitty baseball cards and Chris's shitty players. But I, I, whenever I think of the one-on-one, I, it's so weird. I just think of the highway in LA. There's a road called, it's, it's actually through the Coanga pass. It's called the one-on-one and it goes from down downtown, like the Staples center up through the Valley, the Burbank into studio city into, you know, all the way up and you can take it all the way to Calabasas and all the way up. And it's one of those roads. It's almost like a garden state parkway, I guess. Uh, some similar, but it's one of those roads, Chris. Classic LA traffic. Nine a.m. It's jammed. Noon. It's jammed. Three thirty in the morning. You get on the one hundred and one. I wonder jammed. if that's the if that's the road that that Larry David takes in the carpool lane episode where he goes uh, to it, the it, the Dodgers game and he picks up a hooker just so he could ride no, in the that, carpool that, lane. I don't know. No, I, well, I don't think the one hundred and one. Maybe parts of the one hundred and one have a carpool lane, but that could be the five or the four hundred and five. The bottom line is, no, that's probably the five to the Dodger game. Um, uh, but it's just one of those roads when you live in L.A., you're just always on the 101. You got auditions, you got to go to Burbank, get on the 101. My buddy Mark DiCarlo lives off the 101 and Barham Boulevard. Anyway, I don't know why I'm bringing this up. I just, when I hear the number 101, I mean, it would be like if if we were show number 17, I could have mentioned Route 17 or uh, show number nine, you mentioned Route 9, one of those things. Silly show thing number 34, five. we got downtown Matawan. That's right. Because you are coming from downtown Matawan. Of course, I am coming from the shitty kitchen studios of Jimmy Palumbo here in downtown Mawa, New Jersey. Those of you scoring at home, get on the parkway when it ends. Mega left. And that is in Mawa. Um, so my guy is uh, in the shitty baseball card game, a guy you definitely don't know. I remember as a kid, I remember my uncle hated him because my uncle was a catcher. And he is... Johnny or John Ellis. They called him Johnny on the thing. Johnny Ellis. Now, I thought Johnny Ellis was one of those guys. Now, again, back in the day, when you played for the Yankees or Mets, right, and you got traded, when you're a little kid, you assume the guy just died or he just went away, like, to prison. And then you find out later on that he went to a faraway city, Cleveland. And before ESPN and the Internet, when you're, when your guy left your city, whoosh, it was like you didn't read about him. The only time no, you got to see him again is when he played when a series played. in New York or vice right. versa. It, yeah. Right. So Johnny Ellis ended up playing from 69 to 81. I didn't realize he played that long. He played for three teams, Yankees, Cleveland, and Texas. He's a Connecticut boy. Um, he was a catcher and he was also a look at that. Let me try to get clear view there. Johnny, we called him Johnny Ellis for some reason. Um now, his first game with the Yankees, he had an inside-the-park home run, which that makes me laugh. He also caught a two-hit shot-out by Stan Bonson. So another guy's driving off the road right there. He was Durbin Munson's backup because Munson had just kind of established himself as a starter. So he played first base and catcher. He was just okay. 
Um, you know, he batted 260, kind of a journeyman backup, kind of a guy that would be valuable now. DH, first baseman, catch, backup catcher. Um, you usually don't get those, that three there going. Um, he was also Cleveland's first DH ever. Mm. That's an odd thing. And he also was involved in a huge trade for the Yankees. The Yankees traded him for Greg Nettles, who became a fixture for 10 years at third base and one of their best third basements. Um, so he played with the Yankees from 69 to 72, then Cleveland from 73 to 75, and then Texas from 76 to 81. After baseball, he got involved in real estate. His kids uh, played college ball. One of them had a cup of coffee with the Texas Ranger system. Uh, but sadly, I didn't realize he had the lymphoma, and it was uh, good for a while. But in the end, he died in 74, 2022. So he died about a year ago. Um, and so Johnny Ellis, average Yankee from the 70s, who was at this next up on my baseball card list. And these were the guys that were readily available. And you completely got uh, like this guy was in my spokes. He's like, a common. You know, back, that's what they call a commons, a, a base common. card, a, a base card, a common card. You ate the, 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 the gum. And you usually if you bought 10 packs, you got like seven of these guys. And he ended up on my spokes. Um, so that's it. Johnny Ellis. Now, who do you got, Christopher? I got um, a former first baseman, a lefty. He was not ever a Yankee. So I think that's where I'm going to go with this. Maybe I'll sprinkle a Yankee here or there. Okay. But I don't know if you remember him. He played against the Yankees in the World Series when he was on the Diamondbacks, but he was just coming up. Um, Rubio Durazo, a Mexican-born baseball player. So interesting thing about Durazo is obviously he won a World Series with the Diamondbacks, beat the Yankees. But um, he wasn't really was that. Was he a starter or a bench guy? Well, with the Diamondbacks, he was a bench guy. But I think by that time, in 01, he was coming up and he was basically in a platoon. He would face righties down the stretch, right. and then they would have a righty that would face the lefties. So he was a lefty first baseman. He ended up going over to Oakland after the uh, 2003 season. And in Oakland he batted career 90 290 hitter his his oh, wow. final season he only played 6 7 seasons in his 6th season he batted 322 with 24 home runs the the, the next year he only got 81 at bats and then he never played again That's, so you, you know what I I love this and I've done these kind of uh where are they now things I'm always blown away usually 9 times out of 10 if a guy plays over 5 years year 4 and 5 it's like 260 and then exactly 225 you know there's like a the real way, decline right like uh like rizzo and gallo should be um where you know you just go wow this guy can't hit ever and uh but a lot of the but and then you're like well, this guy can you imagine a player right now say say a guy on cleveland right now about a 295 he's definitely playing the next year and now did you read up is there any injury maybe there was that's what i'm looking for injury? i'm actually looking for it right now i don't see anything and I would imagine that he's probably on a ranch in Mexico somewhere right now, right? right? What was Where his lifetime batting now? average? Do you have 280, that? 282. That's unbelievable. Two, 282. He played six years, and he was a part-time player for the first three. He was a good player for the A's. He was one of those, uh, I guess you could say, money ball guys where he was high on base percentage, didn't strike out much, and he had decent power, a lefty first did he, baseman. Did he end up internationally playing in the Mexican leagues or – where have you like gone, that? Rubio Dorazo? That's crazy. He is. But, wow, it was saying right here. Because usually those guys, they go on to play in their hometown if they're from um, 
uh, a South American country, and they linger on. But it's still he yeah. played six seasons. So that's, he, he, know, did, he did. He did. He did go and play in Mexico. So I, he, I guess he decided to just say, "Hey, I'm done with the MLB. I'm going to go dominate." And I, I believe the in league. after five years in the majors, you do get your pension and stuff. And I think it's like two hundred grand a year or something like that. So, so he's, he's probably, probably living in good like shape. a king. Right. In yeah. Mexico. With how do you pronounce his name? How do you pronounce uh, his Arubio name? Durazzo. Arubio Durazzo. Arubio Durazzo and Johnny Ellis. Now, of course, uh, Johnny Ellis went back a little bit further back than I wanted to. But like I said, I flipped the cards over. Whoever the guy is, that's the guy I go with. All right. Well, that's it. Now, in other news, that is the new format of our show. We talk about old shitty guys that people remember. We should call it the drive off the road segment as well. Um, and we could do ba- right now we're doing baseball because it's baseball season, but we'll, we'll move into football maybe or something unless we come up with a, another segment. Uh, of course I was on a Joe DiMaggio esque streak with Patreon lighting it up for weeks upon end thinking that, you know, right. I mean, Joe Rogan was shivering as Jimmy Palumbo was moving up in the rankings and then, of course, beware the Ides of February. <laughs> and I, I'm i dying on the vine. I am still stuck at Patreon. I am stuck at 24. I can't believe we can't get a 25. I can't believe we can't get a Butch Woolfolk, a Tommy John. They named the surgery after the guy. We can't. I'm sure some one of my listeners got Tommy John surgery and could be number 25. Or, of course, Joe Pepitone. Another guinea back in the 60s and uh, late 60s who was supposedly a jerk off, but like a 300 hitter kind of cocaine and drugged and drank and acted like an asshole out of his way. But unfortunately, he was like, they say he was the first jerk off major league player. And now they're all like, they're all like Joe Pepitone would be an angel now compared to these guys today. But he was number 25. Butch Wolfolk. I mean, come on. I can't believe, um, uh, I can't believe we, we were. I didn't think we'd be stuck at 25, 24. Come on now. You know what? Maybe you, I ran you, out of nephews. Could that be? That's what, that's what I was thinking. I mean, you got to have one of your siblings needs to have a child. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, everybody's too old, though. That ship is sailed. I got one nephew left, but he's going to graduate. Maybe start having college. some. He's, he's, I can't get $3 out some of him. Great, some great nephews soon. Maybe. I think that's more likely well, in the cards. My, my nephew, Eric, is getting married in November. So to Maggie down there in Austin, Texas. So maybe uh, who the hell knows? So here are my wonderful, wonderful Patreon list. Now, I know uh, Joe Rogan reads off his Patreon list, which takes him six and a half hours. Um, But I have, of course, number one. Can't take it away from him. Alex Stetsena from downtown Ramsey, New Jersey. My sister coming in the two hole. Mary Eileen Riccardi. Then we got Michael DeMosi, who's your classic didn't know I was he was listening, and he just signs up and shows me some love. Old Colonia boy. Uh, love you, Mike. Haven't seen you in a while. Of course, my mom coming in in the four hole, and she should back clean up because she is my cleanup hitter. And my cousin Joey jumps in, uh, Madison's dad, who was an intern over there at CHOP. Uh, then we got Rob Pastor, another one coming out of nowhere. Kappa Sig from downtown New Brunswick back in the 80s. Then we got James Kanowitz, who designed my um, – my website, which was awesome for its time. And now I can't get him on the phone. He's got like uh, two kids now married to a beautiful woman. And I never, I can't get to him. Uh, Jimmy, he does have a killer podcast though about uh, Fletch, which if you're a fan of that movie, Fletch or Chevy Chase, it's a go-to podcast. 
Jimmy Riccardi, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit with the Super Bowl because he is a huge Chief fan. And I'll get to him during our Super Bowl segment. My nephew, John Henry Riccardi, who's living near the 101 in Los Angeles. And then we got my nephew, Eric, who's getting married. Michael Caprio, Cornhole, my second second baseman. He's Cornhole guy. My brother, Frankie, who just got back from Israel, and he's a huge contributor there. Daryl Clark, my Louisiana boy, um, whose season ended shitty. Greg Casolino, uh, Mike Shecky, I'm a Dolphin fan, and they suck now, Lawler, who's a good friend of, old school friend of Artie Lang. <coughs> Excuse me. I got Dave Ben, 16-year veteran, every school I went to. Pat Volkmer, the ultimate asshole chop sports contributor about the Dallas Cowboys. I know he drives everybody crazy. I love it because I think he he's he's wackadoo and he's funny as hell. If you ever hung out with him, you'd die laughing. Martin Walsack, big giant fan coming out of Colonia, New Jersey. Michael Deej, Alphonse, beer league fame. Uh, we'll talk more about beer league. We got some news there. Janine Michaud, just back from Keystone, Colorado, and also of absolute eyewear. Robin Achana Barna, my uh, old friend from high school. And my ne- uh, my cousin, John Henry Palumbo, big Penn State fan and Giant fan. Then Greg Alperin, one of the producers of the Beer League stuff we got going on. And we got Bobby Johnson Palumbo filling in at 24. And after that, that we have been just mired in a slump. Now, I'm still getting texts. What is Patreon? So, Chris, what you do, you go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. You search for the Jimmy Palumbo Show. And you're going to see my show. And then you have different th- tiers. It's very inexpensive. And you support the show. Show some love. Getting involved. Um, <clears throat> while you do that, also go to my Instagram. I'm up to like 11,000 followers. One of my beer league posts got over 2.3 million views. And also go to the Beer League 2 on my on Instagram, on Facebook. Check out the Beer League 2 stuff. That is what we're going to be airing on March 30th. Now, we fully intend to do the beer league stuff on March 30th, but we, we, we did run into a slight, slight legal problem, not a problem, but an issue. And it just may take time and we don't want to release anything until we're absolutely sure we can, but we kind of can, but we want to make sure that everybody who's on board is on board and signed up and all that stuff. Um, and that of course brings us to my show in Avenel. Now look, there's a month to go here, Christopher, and I need people to get to downtown Avenel, the Avenel Performing Arts Center, the APAC here at Shea, um, March 10th and 11th. It's a cool little venue. You can go down there. You can eat there. There's a restaurant called Curtains where my uh, good buddy uh, Nolan is a uh, um, bartender there. So you can. it's all right in the same facility. You can eat, drink. And walk right over, not walk across the hallway. It's right there. It's part of the same building. Um, the, the, the room holds around 200 seats. It's really a nice place to see a comedy show, I think. And afterwards, you can hang out with me and drink. Um, there's also a big pizzeria right across the street. I think it's called, um, oh, man, Dave's going to kill me. I think it's called Three Brothers or Brothers Pizzeria right there in Avenel. I'm blowing the name. I suck. Uh Dave is going to be pissed off because that's where he ate last year. Really good pizza. Uh, Portnoy uh, actually rated it and all that stuff. So there's all kinds of things to do. And then the bar's open all night. So you come see me say hello. It, I want to send this to all of my Colonia people, make it a reunion tour. I saw tons of people I haven't seen last year in a long time. 
And this year I'll be doing mostly the same material, but I hope to sprinkle in some new Colonia material. I actually got to take a ride through Colonia in the next couple of weeks and get, uh, you know, Colonia, Avenel, Woodbridge material writes itself. Um, but come on down. Avenel, March 10th and 11th is going to be a big show. I think, Chris, you might be going, hopefully. I think I'm going to be there, yeah, this time. And, I don't have and, I don't uh, have the uh, bartending thing anymore, so kind of yeah, got so rid of So hopefully that. I'll see you. I think your mother and father have seen me, though, so you know, I don't know if they're going to go again. But um, yeah, should be a uh, that's fun a night. month. My mother is having surgery in like two weeks on her. She tore her meniscus. Cleaning. Oh, wow. My, my mom is actually getting some surgery as well. And so we, you know what? We wish our moms well, because without our mothers, we suck. And you know that they are uh, the, um, they are the Mahomes. The, the of backbone, we'll say. <laughs> we, uh, yes, we, 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 we don't, we, we get the number one. If our moms go down, we get the number one pick the next year. A hundred percent. That is, the, it's we, like the, the Peyton Manning, Andrew Peyton Luck Manning. situation. <laughs> Peyton Manning. And uh, at our age, there is no Andrew Luck to pick up in the draft either. It's, it's, we, you stink for a while. We're going to uh, get so RG3. I, I wish both of our parents well with that. Um, which brings us to Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. Eyes. Oh, yeah, look at that. The timing. You were ready for that one. Although I completely oh, yeah, I threw that right to it. That was like a top. You like looked jam. up. You were like. I looked at you. I have to make sure. I'm worried. I get worried about you sometimes. Go go check out Absolute Eyewear. They're opticians. They got everything over there. Um they're a full service place. Go talk to Craig and Johnine. Um, look, they're uh, closed on Wednesdays. Why? That would be softball day, of course. And they're closed on Sundays. Why? Well, it used to be for giant football. Now it's just for R and R. Now it's just for R and R. They got everything. They do on contact. They have eye exams. They have a guy. Uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, uh, Thomas Street's on site. Um, they got Ray Ban, Coach Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Cause. Vogue, Maui Jim, Costa Del Mar, and Charles Oakley works at the store. Um, go check them out. They got discounts. Mention the show. You get a discount. Um, and the best thing about there is when you leave Absolute Eyewear, you don't feel like a jerk off. And that's, uh, I think I can say no better testament than that. When you leave there, you don't feel like a jerk off. So Absolute Eyewear, go check them out. Down by the train station. Okay, I'm still coughing here. Now, well, it's the Tuesday after the large event. A couple of things about the Super Bowl. Uh, I watched it under very tame conditions. Went to my buddy Dave's house. Just was really just me and him. He provided some really good food, and, uh, some beverages of choice. I don't have to do the math. I was actually able to really watch this Super Bowl. Now, I know you watch it intently, but you know when you're at a party, even if at your own house, you get your mother tells you to go go, go get the tray of buffalo. Chicken. You, you miss something. You either miss not that you miss a play, but you miss the commercials, the, the halftime yeah, show. Just, I, yeah, there's always every time there was a commercial, I got up and did something. So I came right. back and I missed like the first play. Uh, you know, that's how I watched this year. I was completely sitting on a. Couch I was all in on it. I watched. You know, I watched I know, the game. I know, but I was like, but... I was, I was, I was all in, and I didn't have anything to do, so was I was three... like all. Three rooms working, and then the room with the food had like a side angle of the TV. So when I was right. in the room with the food, which is for the most part of the game, I was watching at a side angle. So right. you, you could understand the, where I was at. 
couple of takes on the Super Bowl, and obviously it's it's two days later, so we're we're entering who gives a fuck territory. But um, just entering couple, it, huh? Cu- cu- couple of cu- couple of things about the Super Bowl for me. Uh, number one, first of all, I know the commercials are always a big deal. Companies spend a lot of money, and sometimes they try to be funny. I didn't think the ones were that great this year, but it's at the point where the halftime show and the commercials now. They have an 80% chance of getting bashed because that's just the way it goes. Um, What I hate about it, but I get it if you're spending $2 million for 30 seconds. Not only do all the commercials, they're available online. And back then it was like, you can see the commercials online, but online is television now. So to me, it was like, oh, the commercials in the Super Bowl were already available. And and most people check them out anyway. The other thing is, not only did you have the commercials online, I don't know if anybody knew this. I, did, I read, of course, I read the paper because I'm a fossil. Um, they actually told you when each one was airing. So, like, you know, they they had it down like from 9 a.m. The, the, the New York Post covered exactly what was going to go on across the board, including the commercials. So, like, I knew the first commercial was going to be this, like. Shouldn't there be any kind of like, oh, when's it going to air? It was like, not only are they available, they even told you when they're going to air. Um, and I, I guess, listen, when you write a check for, what is it, $2 million a spot, whatever the hell it is, you should be able to do whatever you want. But to me, it it, it, it takes away the, the luster. Um, so that annoyed me. I would say that if I ever found luster in that, then I would agree. But to me, the, we could we could chalk this up to one of those things that I do not give a shit about. When it comes to the Super Bowl commercials, there's usually one or two good ones. And much like the ESPYs, the Oscars, the Grammys, you could get all that information right. in one second as soon as it's over. And it'd say, hey, these were the great Super Bowl commercials. And then I do what you said, only I do it after the fact. And I say, oh, right. let me watch this Hooli one. That one got me. The one that right, I thought was right. good was the one that was like it, it It spawned a reaction immediately. That's what's going to stick out. And I'll never download their shitty app. But I thought it was a good commercial where they it made it seem like someone's sitting on the remote. And all of a yes, sudden, that, it started that, making that a change. Me. I was like, what's going on over here? I, I right away looked that, at my father like, yo, because it's usually. I did the same thing. Which somebody is, that again, doesn't know what they're th- doing. That was that was cool. But, you know, I see, I don't remember the ad, though. I just remember the moment. Like I, I said, also, it, it I, I did get ad. caught up in that Teamy, Toomey, Toomey uh, shopping app. What's it called? Not Toomey, Toomey, Toopy. What is it? Toomey. That was the commercial. No, no, not the, the shopping app. I have no idea. No, there was one for a shopping app, Teamy, Toomey, and and it was like it looked like you can buy a dress for nine ninety five, which of course you know that's not going to be true. Um, I I wanted to check that one out. But okay, Jimmy, that, you're in so the market that, for a nice dress for no, they had shirts and all guy stuff and all that Fuck. crap. Um, yeah, I'm gonna buy a dress. You should, um, you should you know, at this point, I should, I as an actor, I'd get more if I started wearing a dress. And I, actually, I could probably run for office. Actually, I could probably, as I said, what are you, are, did you decide on your pronouns uh, yet? No, listen, if I if I choose a different pronoun, start wearing a dress, I'll have I'll be you know, instead of going for Joe Rogan, I'll be up against uh, you know, what's his name, Jenner. Um, the other thing is, and we'll get to the game in a second, something that annoyed my soul. You cannot have a, a game where there are $16 billion worth of bets going on through legal apps. I'm not talking about Vinny Boombots on the corner. And there's still a lot of that going on. Don't kid yourself. 
and have a field that Colonial High School has a better field. Okay. The players were, you know, they 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 coated it with 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 green and and the and the ink to say Super Bowl, which I thought it, did, it didn't even look clear. It was shitty. And then players were slipping. Every player was slipping. I find that to be the most outrageous thing. Now, I know you, it's even. Everybody slips. But, like, I remember years ago, there was the, 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 the head, uh, the head um, uh, groundskeeper at Kansas City. I forget his name. I knew his name. It could rain for five days up till 7 o'clock, and he would have that field ready. Now, this is the Super Bowl. They knew for a fact the game was going to be played there since, what, five years ago. And I don't care. I know you're not, probably not going to care about this either. There is no excuse. And, of course, since the NFL is the ultimate mob, no one's going to get to the head mobster. You can't have a field like that. You just can't. That field was horrific. I agree. Players were switching spikes. There was even an issue on the field goal. It was right on the on the color thing. Uh, kickoff guys were falling on their face. Um, I mean, come on now. It's in the middle of Phoenix. It rains about a half inch a year. You got sprinklers. That should be the most controlled environment in the world. How dare you have a shitty field? Do you agree with that? I agree with it. I, I do agree with the sense that they both played on it. Um, yeah, yeah. You can there's, make the there's case. no advantage. I'm not going to sit here and say that it just made for a worse game. And I don't want to say offensively. I think it makes it harder for the defense in those situations. Sure. Because the footing no isn't there. For it. But there's nothing that's affecting the, the throws. You know, but it's hard to cover somebody that, that's on the seat. You know, how are you going to cover somebody? It Cornerback is hard reason, enough. Listen, the, the reason why, you know, they're probably not going to play. The reason why you don't play in Buffalo is because there's things you can't control. And when you play in Phoenix, you can control everything. And the field looked like Johnny's landscape. Up to and including like, I the, it, out, I got the outcome of the game. How do you feel yeah, about it? Yeah, and I, I, I'm not saying, listen, my point is not that. Like, oh, my God, they, they, the Eagles would have won. That's not the point. The point is there's no reason for it. Like my father said, no reason for it. You, that, that field should be – they should have an interview before the a week before the game. The landscaper should be like, hi, I'm Bill Jones. I'm in charge of the field. That field is the ultimate perfect humidity, water – of any field in the world right now is the Super Bowl, which, by the way, was, I think, top five of all time in ratings. And your field sucks. Shame on Phoenix. Shame on that jackass field. Shame on everybody involved. Of course, Goodell's never going to say anything because he's a jerk off. So that's another thing that freaked me out. The other thing, and unfortunately, we're going to differ on this because I'm older than you. I know it's something you don't care about. The halftime show. Now, I I got to watch what I say here because I'll sound like a jerk. Um, I had issues with the halftime show. I'm not a fan of, of Riri's uh, work, but that doesn't mean I'm one that would say, oh, my God, the kids listen to that crap. That's all. I want to see the Allman Brothers, you know, although I think Molly Hatchett would have been a much better choice. It would be funny as hell. A little stage in the corner cranking out some Southern rock. But I had a problem. I thought the show <coughs> was – Visually, you know, the first thing first thing that occurred to me was um, that these dancers who probably have zero percent body fat all were dressed like Michelin men, and all they were doing you couldn't see anybody's face, you, you couldn't see their talent. They were so covered and bundled up like it was snowing out. 
that <clears throat> that you couldn't see any of the dancing talent. So it, it looked like a pillow fight for 13 minutes. <clears throat> I don't mind the lip syncing stuff. That's what goes on now. But it would be nice to have a live act do a live show. Um, I just, I thought it was boring. <clears throat> I think part of the fun of a halftime show, even if you're a big star, have have a guest. Have, I don't know, P. Diddy or one of those guys come walking out. Oh, my God, he shows up out of nowhere. Nobody knew. Instead, it was just her. And because she was pregnant, the camera was four miles away. She was nothing more than a red dot. She Jimmy, looked like someone that changes you, your role. You, you hit the nail on the head right out <laughs> of the gate when you said, I know you're not going to care about this. And again, it's not that I thought it was good because I didn't really think it was good. I just think in these situations, they're pandering. And I'm going to tell you why, what they're doing. They're not expecting the halftime show to be good. You're you're asking a, a one of the best performers in the world realistically whether you're a fan or not like that's who they're that's what they are right they're grammy nominated grammy award sure. winning and you're asking them to to mash up all of their hits <coughs> into a 12 minute set and stop uh -huh. the songs after 30 seconds to a minute so it's like they're up against it in that regard but let me tell you what the, what the reason why they do this and this is why i don't get involved because i understand it i i'll tell you what i miss about halftime bring back the bud bowl let me see bottles of beer play a fake football game and let me tune into that <laughs> while the rest of the world, you, you know what the ratings were for the Super Bowl? It was like 18 billion. You know what it was at halftime? 23 billion. So they gained 4 billion viewers worldwide for halftime. So that's what that I, was. I, listen, I have no doubt. I have no and doubt. Problem. The, the other problem I have is, but the other problem I have with this is, okay. I choose to tune all that shit out because I'm there to watch the football game and I use the halftime show to regroup and go eat fat, disgusting nachos that I know you saw know, a picture you, of you in the group me, chat. You showed me pictures of you because, of course, me, Chris, and Dave, because we're none of our teams were in it. We actually were free to roam the cabin and actually text during a game, which we never, we never do. It's so funny. During NFL Sunday, Giants are on, Packers are on, Cowboys are on. We never text. That's like a rule. You wait till the next day. Um, the, uh, the other thing that is, uh, now, okay, I have a child. Chris, you don't. Yeah, someday you will. If the mother of my future child is pregnant, I know they're allowed to work out now, and it's the new modern age, and they're allowed to do flips and all that. But I, if I'm the, if I'm the father of that, I guess this is going to sound so wrong, but I don't care. Jimmy, what am I going to do? Jimmy, she got like a. Probably got like a hundred million for fifteen minutes. Okay, I'll be like, yeah, go ahead. be careful, be yeah, careful, be careful, and I'm gonna put you forty-five thousand feet in the air. What are you doing up there? What if there's a malfunction? What if something goes wrong? You're way the hell up there. I, I, are you kidding me? I would be like, hey, honey, I know you want to do the show, and supposedly, by the way, she did not make a lot of money because they have to pay for a lot of stuff. <clears throat> I don't know how true that was. Uh, what are you not. doing? What are you doing? Eighty feet. I can promise in the you, air? it's not. What do you? If you if you were the father of that child, I'd be like, honey, you can't. You 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 you're with child. You can't go eighty feet in the air. You can't perform. You, you you shouldn't do that. I could see if it's a very quaint thing, sitting on a stool, strumming your guitar, and you're four months pregnant. God bless America. You're way up there swinging in the wind. And now, what was with the red? What was with the red? Is that was that like devil stuff? No, I'm just going. I'm taking it full. I'm taking it full. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I thought maybe I thought maybe there was a little R in the corner. Maybe Riri was a big Rutgers fan, but R would stand for. But I did Rihanna. see. I did see the. Um, 
you know, that that out on the social media where it was like, of course, the symbolism is there, the satanic symbolism when you see. And it is there. I mean, like, I don't get into all that stuff, but, you know, she wasn't I, in I, a halo and wings, we'll say. I, I just I just didn't like the halftime show. But, you know, I, I, I because I thought it was visually unappealing. Um too. I don't and I don't think it was shot well. So shame on the Fox people. Hey Jimmy, I'm gonna take uh, your word for it on this one. All right, you didn't watch it, of course. You were <laughs> picking out. But listen, was it was it mission critical? No, not at all. And as a performer myself, if she made a ton of money, good for her. Uh now let's talk about the game. Couple of very funny things for me. Scarlet Knights. That's why I'm wearing the red hat today. I, I can't believe this guy Pacheco, who I watched at Rutgers. I think Pacheco won seven games at his time at Rutgers, okay? The four years. He was a tough running back. We had no line, no receivers, no quarterback. We had nothing. And he used to run hard. And uh, I, I was there at the games. I'm like, this guy's running hard, you know? Did I think he was going to make an NFL team? No. I thought maybe practice squad because a couple of backs. Rutgers had uh, a couple of backups over the years. Also guys like Gus Edwards who played at Rutgers who also ran hard. He ended up being a pretty good player, still is for the Ravens, or I, he might have just left them now. And here comes Pacheco in preseason games. You had Andy Reid saying, love this guy. We wanted to draft him, you know. And uh, Pacheco had, not that he had, like, listen, he only had about 77 yards, but he had a couple of big runs. No, like, all, all year, and specifically down the stretch, Pacheco was the dude for KC. His right. yards per yeah. carry was like six per, six yards per carry. Yep. Tough yards. Seeks contact at the end of the run, which she'll stop doing after a year or two. I could guarantee you that if he wants to last. Uh, but right now, as a seventh round pick, everything that you could ask for, Rutgers kid, you yeah. got to love it, bro. Rutgers, yeah. He, and he's a good kid. He's actually positive about Rutgers. And, you know, uh, as long as he doesn't punch anybody in the face, um, like Ray Rice did, maybe he can go on to be a little bit of the poster boy for the Scarlet McKnights. The other thing, which I got a kick out of, I said it was one of the worst trades ever because we got. Uh, like it, in the podcast world, we traded this guy for like a microphone. No, it's like, garbage hey, bag. hey, Chiefs, we'll give you Kadarius Tony. All you got to do is kick us in the nuts. Call it yeah, a deal. That's what we got. Deal. We got we, 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 I think we got a sixth round pick of, of nothingness and a swift um, kick in the nuts for Kadarius yeah, Tony for nothing. Now, everywhere I read is that 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 first of all, I thought when he was healthy and he was on the field, he was awesome. But here's the thing that I don't it's, I think if I was the Giants. And all this positive Kadarius Tony thing. Because by the way, you can in a court of law, if I asked you this question, who won the game for the Chiefs? The answer is you could say, oh, Kadarius Tony ran back a punt to the 10. That that was the game. No doubt about it. It was a huge punt return. And he also had a the touchdown was easy. Nobody was guarding him. But the thing about the Giants, I I would come out if I would if I was the Giants, I would be like, okay, guys. We got to come clean. Okay. We have the worst receivers in the history of the NFL. In the history of the NFL. I believe you can make that argument. And we had this guy, Kadarius Tony. He was actually healthy for six weeks. But we didn't play him because blank. I think the Giant, if I was, if I was a GM, Shane, I'd be like, I'll tell you why. He was a blah. He did this. He did that. Like, just say what this is why we got rid of him. Instead, it's like we wish him well. We we took that 13th round draft pick. Um, and we have he couldn't say we have wide receivers. It's not a money thing. You can't say it's a wide receiver <laughs> thing. I think there was beef with him and Dayball out of the gate. 
and Shane and Dayball come from the same place, and that's Buffalo. And they were, look, this is not our draft pick, not our regime, but you know what? That shines all of this in the NFL. And I, I, I think it was how the, many we, for all the credit we the interviewed have gotten this year on the rebuild and the turnaround. That's going to stick with them, I think, for a little bit as Kadarius well, Tony becomes an All Pro. Okay, but 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 he, here's another problem I have with it. If you're if we interviewed 40 ex NFL coaches, okay. And this was the question. Hey, coach, uh, you got rid of all your asshole players, right? Every one of them for like 16th round draft picks. The coach would say, no, I had at least 20 guys on every roster. I couldn't stand. However, some ran a four, three and they were secondary guys or, or they were the starting quarterback or they were, in other words, th this excuse that a player is a jerk off is the, I NFL, mean, in man. some cases, you could make the case that I prefer a jerk off on certain receive, like a receiver. Give me the, give me that. Give me the guy that absolutely. You know, give me the I asshole the guy. I, I, I want the arrogant quarterback, and I want the jerk off receiver, and I unless, want a complete batshit lunatic on the D line. That's what I want. I'll take the fifteen yard penalty completely. here and there. And like my, my middle, my middle linebacker, I, I don't need a church going guy. I want a middle linebacker that says I'm going to eat. I'll bite your ankle. You know, um, but. I don't. I just don't get it. That I. I, I would. I, I. think the Giants should come clean. Now, my buddy works for the Giants. I could probably find out a thing or two, uh, I, but I can't reveal uh, exactly what's going on. I, I just want to know more. Anyway, it was still fun for me because he was my favorite player on the Giants, and I used to say, oh, "You remember me saying uh, he's he's their best player." And when he every time he played, he, nobody could cover him. And I think like next year, if he's healthy and he has trouble staying on the field, there's no question. Even this year, he had trouble staying on the field. Uh, I think he could be a big time player. So between Pacheco and Kadarius Tony, I had some fun with that. Um, now the game itself, classic, uh, classic NFL scenario, and you know this from being a Packer fan. I know this from being a Giant fan. Is there anything worse when you're watching a game and you know, like a boxing match, your team is kicking the shit out of the opponent, and you look up at the scoreboard, you're dominating. And you're like, ooh, it's only 13 to three. It's only it's only 13 to six or 17 to 10. You, you know, you're like, if this is a boxing match, every round is 10. Yeah, eight, the first right? half, Philly completely destroyed. Completely dominated. If it wasn't for that gift of a touchdown on defense, it's a, exactly it's a three right. touchdown game at half. But we can talk about, and we will talk about the lousy ref call. I thought it was a shitty call. But here's another thing. And this is the argument against any Eagle fan. Every possession in the second half from the Chiefs resulted in points. There you go. So, like, like if you interview the defense coordinator, say, hey, guys, I'm so sorry you lost the game. Um, Mahomes had a half a leg, and um, you didn't stop him once in the second half. That is a death. No team can survive. I, you know, in the history of the league, has any team ever not stopped, not made the other team punt and won the game? No way. No way. You got to make a team punt, fellas. It's called three and out or a couple of first downs, and you punt. I know this. I'm a Rutgers fan. Our best player is always the punter because that's all we do. Rutgers punts. And the guy's probably going to make the NFL probably the best punter ever. He's the best college player ever. Let's make another argument you can make because all I know is when he punted, the other team started at the seven-yard line. 
that should be a new stat. Like the Jimmy, I should be like the the Mel Kiper of punters. Oh, what kind of punter is he? Uh, let's well, he'll, look at he'll this. be in the league after he's done. He'll be in the NFL next after year. After he's done punting, I don't want to hear about net yardage. I want to know after he punted, where did the other team start the ball? I don't care about your special teams coverage. This guy, every time he punted, and you got remember Rutgers stunk. So like Michigan takes over at the eight. Penn State will take over at the nine. We'll be right back. And you know, it was all year long, but three years. Anyway, bottom line is the Eagles never made him punt. Um, there was this the, the, the defensive pass rush was supposed to be, you know, the fearsome gone. foursome gone. And the other thing is, and I think this is a factor, and no one, people are talking about it. They played a exciting, young, flawed New York football giant team. Smoked them. Giants weren't ready for primetime yet. They still aren't. They may not be for two years. We don't know. And then they played the Niners. And at one point, if you look at the video, I was warming up in the third quarter. Did you catch that? The I coach did. was like, hey, Jimmy, but can you can you be, play? To be, like, fair, to be fair, the 49ers started that game with their quarterback. So they okay. knocked them out. And then they knocked out the second one. So they knock out two <laughs> quarterbacks in a game. You can't yeah, say easy road. They knocked not, them out. Yeah, and but you know what? Craig, I know, what, I know Chris, what you're getting at. I know what you're getting at. Easy the road. Eagles look like the, the Eagles look like. Oh shit! Oh no, the we Eagles look. And- no, no, the Eagles look like actually quite the opposite because we talked about it just now. The first half they kicked the shit out of them. It was the second half. Andy Reid is just a really good head coach, and he outsmarted. Uh, he outsmarted Sirianni in the second half. Sirianni and, and coached it a great first to half. Most cocky, annoying. Uh, it's bad enough. I'm going to get to Eagle fans in a second, but Eagles this fans guy has been so obnoxious. He's been so obnoxious on the sidelines. I love it that we don't have to hear from him till after Labor Day. Well, now. I think the, the Eagles thing players, is, Eagles players, and their coaching staff. I think they handled the loss well. I think they handled it classy. The Eagles fans, on the other hand, uh, well, now listen, listen. Let's let's talk about the Eagles. They fans. Did. Here's why I don't mind Eagle fans. Okay, because it's really first of all the Giants. The Giants' uh, record against the Cowboys and the Eagles is like. I think they're two and twenty-four. It's awful. But let's here's what I like about the Eagle fans. If you go to Cleveland, Ohio, and you go to the mall, there's no there's no Eagle fans there. If you go to Miami, drive around, you don't see any Eagle fans. Now you see Packer fans, Cowboy fans, you see some Viking fans, you got Dolphin fans that live in them in Austin, Texas. Eagle fans all live within an hour and a half of what I call the vet. They're from Philly. They're from South Jersey. That's where they're from. They, they, they are a, it's a big time sports town. Sixers, Phillies, Eagles. They're into their team. They hate everybody else, but they're confined to their geographic area. Yeah, Philly can be a little rough. They boo Santa Claus. They um, uh, love the fact that they were booing Dak Prescott, which you knew was going to happen. Come on now. If it was the Giants, the Giant fans would have booed him too. But funny thing is, I think the Cowboy fans that were at the game were booing Dak Prescott as well, even though he's a nice guy and he won the Humanitarian Award. God bless America. But I think the Eagle fans are, I'm okay with it. They're they're obnoxious, but they're into their team. Um, they were a little um, cocky. Yeah. They were a little cocky before the game and online. I was supposed to have a guest today, Jimmy Graham, who is, I thought it was funny. He had to cancel last minute due to a, a family situation. Um, he'll probably have him on next week. He I left and I'm like, perfect. I'll have a jerk off comedian friend of mine who's a huge Eagle fan. It was talking shit all week. And uh, the Eagles got bitch slapped in the second half. So the game, 
<clears throat> that, that's my take on the Eagle fans. I know you think they're a little obnoxious, um, and perhaps they are, but at least they're like to me. Yeah, they're I just, agree. Uh, they're obnoxious. Geographically, but- they don't bother me. Bro, I could find something wrong with every fan base. You want me to? I could go through the entire league right oh, now. They, listen, Packer the fans they, are the most corny, okey doke yokels. It's like I can't. I don't fit in with the Packer fan base. I go to those games, and it's like they're nice people, but it's like, dude, I ate, I ate in the guy's kitchen. Some it's guy a different invited me speed. to his kitchen. Yeah, it's a different yeah. world out there. And, great, and they're just, great. you know, it's like I guarantee you, not many Packer fans enjoyed the Rihanna halftime show. We'll just say that. Right. So, <laughs> like, right, which. Which will lead us to, um, of course, we don't do the NFL stinks list, but I do the stinks list. Sponsored by CornholeLevel.com. That's right, Mike Caprio's company. You got to go check these things out. I even have it here. This is what it is, people. This is the Cornhole Leveler right here. See this thing? And this is, say, the board. Even got a little, You hook this thing on, right? Chris, look at this. You get to go to and fro and up and down. Get the, the exact specs of the official cornhole just by hooking this thing on. They come in a pair. Perfect gift. 1995 cornholelevel.com. 20% off when you mention JP show. And it's Chris, you can't embarrass yourself by going to a barbecue. If you have one, you need this cornhole leveler. So go to cornholelevel.com, order it. It's you know, we're heading towards barbecue season now. Oh, it's a nice day today. These. So they sponsor my stinks list. And I'm going to have the NFL field committee, whoever was in charge of the field, stinks. And uh, a little change of pace here. We're going to get to it. I have the, the the nets on my stinks list. I just think the whole thing, Harden, Durant, uh, uh, the other guy, uh, Irving, Kyrie. I, the whole uh, Kyrie Irving, I, I, just just a shit show. And they're a mess now. And even though they're like the fifth seed right now, I think they're going to Ben Simmons. I mean, look at the, the look at the assholeness besides Durant. Durant's just simply the best, one of the best players in the league. Irving, Ben Simmons, Harden. I mean, he's like, what GM said, hey, let's instead of having one asshole, let's have four of the five players on my our, our starters as jerk offs and let's see how they do in the New York market. And and let's go trade way. them all for nothing. And then they got nothing. And this Ben Simmons thing. I, I don't want to mock out his mental health because I think it's an issue. I think there. it's a farce. But but I part think, of me is I like, think... hey, I, 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 he stinks. Yeah. I, I first of all, if we played horse right now, he wouldn't beat me. And and he's making what seventy million dollars a year. The guy look, I, he I plays I, thirteen I, minutes. He's a bum. From what I've seen with the whole Ben Simmons situation, and again, you know, I. I I also don't want to comment on someone's mental health, but I think it's a crutch. Yeah, I, I don't want to do that either. You know, they were offering him this or that type of treatment, and he was turning it down. There was a lot of things going on there. It was a – to me, it was an easy way to get out of playing when you're healthy because nobody could question it, and then you still get paid. That's what Ben Simmons was doing. He was doing some – I think it was some shady stuff going on. He was afraid to take a layup. I mean – you could call that mental health. I'm saying that you're not a good professional basketball player and maybe you don't belong in the league. Let me Stinks. do this as long as possible and collect this 50 million. Um, my heart does not bleed for Ben Simmons. As a matter of fact, what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to send Ben Simmons a cornhole leveler because he stinks. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a whole nightmare. So that, that brings us to that. Now, which I want, we're going to get back to NBA in a second. I'm going to talk a lot about sports today because Super Bowl, we'll leave it at that. I got some other stuff to chat about. I got to talk about my McStar- McScarlet Knights, Rutgers basketball. Lost two in a row. Um, 
Indiana and Illinois, two pretty good teams. They're all they're ranked close to each one of them, all ranked between say twenty and thirty. Um, but I did not like what I saw in the second half against Illinois on Saturday. Was something I've been in the beginning of the year. I did make the prediction that Rutgers would not make the NCAA tournament, and I believe even now it's six games to go in the regular season. They haven't clinched a damn thing. Their inability to shoot the basketball and get it in the hoop. It, it, it there was a they did not score a point for 10 minutes. I don't think I've ever seen that even at like CYO back in the 80s. I don't think a team has gone without scoring for 10 minutes. That is an eternity. And the thing that I always laugh about Rutgers when they miss a shot, it doesn't just go the shot is up and it is no good. The noise off the rim, you actually can't hear the announcer. It like it, it dung dung. It, it, it clangs back, whereas a rebounder, you don't know whether to box in deep, short, because it's not just going to barely miss. It's going to clang all the way back to the foul line. And Rutgers got really smoked in the second half. Their defense is so good, they were actually still in the game. Their defense is so good that they didn't score for 10 minutes, and the, the game was still uh, – they had a shot. Um, I'm a little disappointed in that. I'm concerned they played Nebraska tonight, a must-win. Nebraska stinks. At home, you got to win these games because they have to go eleven and nine in league, and they only have eight wins right now. So they have to go three and three, and there's some nasty away games. And um, I don't know; I'm concerned about my my McScarlet Knights, but I like Pikeel. I think the team is tough. Hopefully, they'll they'll bounce back. That being said, we'll talk about the Knicks for a little bit. Uh, you know what? I watched the Knick game last night, and I'm like, okay, this is fun. Um, Yes, and uh, Sam Grasso, Moat Mag is a big loss for them. I understand that, but still, that's you're acting like he's Spencer Haywood. Two guys just drove off the road. Um, but uh, Moat Mag is a big injury for Rutgers. Anyway, the Knicks. I tell you what, I watched the Knick game last night. I'm like, you know what? I even actually got my phone out. I was like, who's in? What's going on? Like this guy Hart and Brunson. I'm like, and they got (coughs) excuse me, this other guy coming back. A good defensive player. I'm like, you know what? The Knicks might be with Hart and Brunson and Randall. The Knicks might be a fun pain in the ass for the playoffs. And I'm then I looked at the rest of the NFC, uh, the NFC, the, <laughs> the Eastern East. Conference, Eastern Conference. And I'm like, okay. Um, obviously, you got the Celtics. They're a bear. But um, I'm like, you know what? I think the Knicks could. The Knicks are one of the teams that could get hot and find themselves in the Eastern Conference Finals. I really think they can. Um, they could also get, uh, you know, not make the playoffs. But there's something exciting the way they play. It looks like they're a little rejuvenated with this guy Hart. I don't know. I don't think the Eastern Conference is all that good this year. And I think the Knicks, listen, somebody has to lose either the Sixers or or the uh, um what you call it? The uh, Celtics have to lose before the finals. Uh, and you're not worried about you're not worried about the Bucks. You're not worried about you know what? I I, I just think th- like there's no teams, one on the Knicks that's going to compare to what Giannis is going to bring to the table. They're going to have a lot to deal I'm with. I'm telling with you though, I yeah. said the Knicks the, the the way the Knicks look with their roster now. I believe the Knicks. I didn't say they were going to win. Did I? I said the Knicks are going to be a pain in the ass. They're going to be a pain in the ass. I think they're, they're going to be, be a- much better. A pain in the ass to their fan base as they get eliminated in game five in the first round. If they even get to that far. They, I think that the Knicks have a chance. And right now, the way they're playing now, compared to other teams that they're 
punched up with, the Knicks are looking like they're a playoff team. I'll give you that. But when it gets time I, to, the, to the playoffs, they don't have the star for me. They, they're lacking that one guy that they could go to. Yes, and, I, and Brunson, Brunson's playing well, but I agree. But I also think, you know, between Randall and Brunson combined, that might get you the one guy. Um, I, I just think <clears> – I'm coughing here. I just think the Knicks are going to be interesting. We shall see. I could be wrong. Um, which brings us uh, – LeBron James, he won the uh, title. Um, that was a foregone conclusion. Yeah, you knew that was going to happen. Uh, I I can't stand LeBron because he didn't come to the Knicks, <laughs> and uh, I it, it's impressive. I mean, Abdul Jabbar uh, did it, and now LeBron did it. I I have to, uh, you know, points per game. I guess statistically, LeBron should have everything, um, and he has the most points scored. And if you look at, he really, I think he's got another two seasons left, maybe ish. Um, I don't think there's anybody coming up. I'll be a very old man. I don't think Durant can do it. He's too old. There's nobody. No, and even the guys that you could look at as vets that are have the potential. It's like a Steph Curry. He he got a three year, like LeBron had a four year head start on Steph Curry. Steph Curry was a yeah. four year senior. So no matter what he's going to do, he started that at 22. LeBron already had yeah. two finals appearances when he Same was Steph Same thing Curry's with that. We're talking at, about at UCLA, and and there's so. Unable to connect, retry the room. Oh my god. Um, let me see if anybody chimed in. Um uh, uh connection <laughs> Sam Grasso, funniest line of the day. Connection is like Rutgers shooting, so right on that. And Jimmy Palumbo, who is a very good defensive player, is shitting the bed here. Well, hey everybody. This is Jimmy Palumbo here. Uh, we obviously ran into some um, catastrophic technical difficulties here at Shea. Uh, I was getting towards the end of our show. I'll have to, uh, I had a bunch of things I wanted to talk about, but we'll have to sandwich them in on next week's show. Apologize. Um, and uh, so hopefully uh, next week I will get this resolved. But thank you for listening. Again, this is the Jimmy Palumbo Show, and we'll see you next week.